Hello everyone, my name is JT Wistersill and I'm excited to welcome you to another edition of the From the Stance Podcast. On today's show, going to be talking about Super Wildcard Weekend. Were all the games great? Not necessarily, but there were interesting things in each game that I think are definitely worth talking about. Then we're going to look ahead to the four divisional games. I think those ones are ones that should all be competitive. Well, except for one in particular, but I'll get to that in a second. But as I said, we're going to start with Super Wildcard Weekend, and let's start with the most interesting of those games, which was the 49ers beating the Cowboys in Dallas 23-17. to Now, a lot of people will talk about the penalties, and that is a big reason why the 49ers won, but I don't think it's the main reason why. I mean, the Cowboys were within a play, Hail Mary attempt is what it would have been, or I guess not a Hail Mary, a 20-yard pass still highly unlikely i thought everyone got way too caught up in that whole thing talking about how if they had spiked it and gotten it down in time then they would have everyone was acting like they would have won the game basically i felt like which is not even close to the truth and just touching on that really quickly i put the i was fine with the play call because they would have gotten gotten them a chance to run a play inside the 20 i thought the problems with the execution with dak and then the center tyler Beadish not finding the official right away and just trying to spot it on themselves refs deserve some of the blame definitely could have hustled a little bit better but he is a little bit of an older guy so got to cut him a little bit of slack but let's dive into what really went wrong for the Cowboys so the first is just that the 49ers won the line of scrimmage especially let's just talk about the offensive line the 49ers were had a lot of success running the ball in this game and a huge part of that was this offensive line led by Trent Williams Alex Mack and Lincoln Tomlinson. Trent Williams at left tackle. Since acquiring him, he's been one of the best left tackles in the league for the 49ers. On Debo's touchdown run late in the game, and I believe the third quarter, he had a huge backside block as they were kind of running a stretch play where you're trying to get over a gap on Micah Parsons. He Parsons had beaten the spot, but just the fact that he kept fighting, competing, and trying, he got just enough of him so that Samuel was able to make the cutback and then be able to score that touchdown. So that was huge. Also, Alex Mack, I thought was incredible. This is a guy who was... He's been teammates with Joe Thomas, was a center on the Falcons team when they made a Super Bowl run, and now he's on the 49ers as well. He's just had an incredible career, and it's been a lot of fun to watch him do his thing. He had a really good game, and three of those penalties, three of the 14 Dallas penalties, all occurred with Alex Mack involved. One of them, Randy Gregory, threw him to the ground. Another one, I believe it was Neville Gallimore, just punched him in the face, basically, hands to the face all the way. And then the other one, he was basically... Uh, thrown down as well in another one. So I don't know why the Cowboys had it out for Alex Mack, but he was another guy. And huge credit to Lincoln Tomlinson as well. One of the more underrated guards in the league. He starts at left guard, and when you get a combination of size and on one side like Trent Williams and Lincoln Tomlinson, those guys are just able to wash guys down and open running lanes for days, and I thought they did a great job of that. And it led to a huge day for Debo, who... Let's talk a little bit about Debo Samuel. He is absolutely that dude. One of the guys this 49ers staff was able to watch play at the Senior Bowl, and he was impressed them then and then really been able to do his things in the NFL. His versatility was on full display in this game, 110 total yards. And the most impressive thing for me when I watch him is his vision is phenomenal. And it's a huge credit to Kyle Shanahan and his coaching staff for developing him as a running back on top of being an exceptional receiver as well. You can make guys, a lot of guys are athletes, right? But the vision he has when things get murky and they get cloudy in between the tackles is so impressive to me and something he's gotten better as the year has wore on as well. And it's made him one of the best threats in the NFL. And his marriage with the way that Kyle Shanahan uses him, it's a perfect one. Also, shout out to Brandon Ayuk who had 66 yards with five catches in this game. I also thought he was very impressive and did a really nice job. Switching over to the Cowboys' offensive side of the ball, I think, once again, they really lost the line of scrimmage to me. 
the, they really struggled even when Bosa got hurt in pass protection. I was really disappointed, especially in Tyron Smith. I thought there were a number of times that he got beaten. He's supposed to be Mr. Dependable or Reliable on that side, and he did not look like it at all. Tyler Bedish and Connor Williams, Connor Williams especially was brutal, but those two had a really hard time adjusting to the twists, which is when two defensive linemen basically overlap one another, creates a lot of confusion up front. You got to have good communication to be able to account for that when it happens because it doesn't happen on every play. And I did not think the 49ers, excuse me, the Cowboys did a very good job of that, but also a ton of credit goes to the 49ers. I mean, Bosa was phenomenal, of course, until he got hurt. Armstead has been a great player for them ever since that huge first Super Bowl run they went on, but I'm looking at the underrated guys. I'm looking at back Arden Key, a guy who wasn't able to live up to his potential in Oakland and then comes over and does a really good job on the Niners this year. Charles Minihue doesn't live up to his potential in Houston, comes over and does does a really good job. Samson Ebukam, even Jordan Williams, who I wasn't even aware of going into this game. I could not believe that he was giving Tyron Smith the business, but he absolutely was. And one of the definition of underrated players is DJ Jones to me. He's a backup, but man, every time he gets in the game, he makes plays in the passing game because he's able to get interior pressure constantly. And he tossed Connor Williams out of the way one time. It was extremely impressive. So the 49ers did a great job of dominating the line of scrimmage. Also, when we're talking about the Dallas loss, I mentioned a little bit, but you cannot have 14 penalties for over as many yards as they gave up. I mean, it was over 100 yards in penalties. And so many of those penalties, too, killed their drives or extended other drives. The lack of game management issues by Mike McCarthy, I think, are absolutely appliable. When you look at even the fake punt, it was a great call by one of the best special teams coordinators in the game and John Fossil. But Fossil was like, I don't know what he was telling everyone to get back because he like wanted to try and run a play. But there looked just looked to be a lot of confusion because it was like the Niners still had their one defense out there. So it was just a huge mess. So it's just the little things like that that I think cost Dallas the game a lot was that game management, the penalties, and then not winning up front. Dak was not 10 out of 10 early on, but he really got going late and I think it just didn't matter in the end because of the slow start. Also got to give a shout out to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, the interception was terrible, but those 172 yards all felt like big throws in the game. He was really good on third down, especially early on, and I give a lot of credit to Jimmy G. He is playing for his job every game right now, and I think he, his agent floated that rumor to Scheffner like, oh, teams are still interested in him. I don't believe that at all. I think this is going to be Jimmy's last run with the Niners, and I'll get into why I believe it's going to be his final game with the Niners when we get to the divisional round. But... Moving on, let's talk about another. Let's talk about the other two playoff teams in the NFC West, and that would be the Rams and the Cardinals. Of course, the Rams knocked off the Cardinals 34 to 11, and I was so impressed with the Rams' defense. Eric Weddle coming in was just one of the added fun juices of this game for a defense that's really hitting its stride at the right time. I mean, I Jalen Ramsey talks nonstop and is an absolute star. He was barely featured in the broadcast because of the job he was doing just shutting guys down. A.J. Green didn't catch a ball in this game, and I'm sure that had A.J. Green feeling the frustration and the way he was back when he was a Bengal and Ramsey was on the Jags, and A.J. Green just straight up punched him in the face because he was so frustrated with all the little things that Ramsey does to get under a receiver's skin. But the secondary was phenomenal, but really I want to talk about this Rams defensive line. I'll get into them more a little bit later, but I thought they were lights out and gave Kyler nightmares, doing a great job affecting him. Speaking of Kyler, he just did not look ready for playoff football. He looked confused, wasn't able to find his hot reads whenever that pressure came through, and just missed a, was off on some throws down the field. It was a disappointing debut to one of the most electrifying players 
in the National Football League. And it was a bummer to see him go out in round one, but he just was not playing up to standard. And part of that is his offensive line was by no means doing a very good job, but there were definitely opportunities to make throw. And it was disappointing to not see Kyler make make those throws, especially because four or five weeks through the season, felt like he was the front runner for the MVP. So disappointing to not see that happen. Also, Matt Stafford stepped up in this game. Matt Stafford and Odell both got their first playoff wins. Odell has been phenomenal since coming over to L.A. But Stafford really late in the season had kind of faltered. I actually had a chance to watch Stafford in person against the Minnesota Vikings. I was not impressed with him at all. thought he made a number of really poor throws and decisions. But in this game, he was as sharp as ever. And one thing that allowed him to be so sharp was the Rams' ability to run the ball. Cam Akers and Sony Michelle are a very tough duo now that Akers is back. A lot has been made of Cam Akers' incredible recovery, and it's absolutely reserved. But even a guy, how about Sonny Michelle, who's doing a really good job kind of reviving his career after it was dead with the Patriots a little bit. And we've seen McVay do this with running backs a little bit. I mean, a guy last year in Malcolm Brown, who was on this Rams team, who's really not doing anything anymore on the Dolphins this year. But I really do give a lot of credit to Sonny Michelle. And this Rams team is very sharp right now, and they looked unbelievable against a Cardinals team that was definitely not hitting its stride at right time. They had faltered late in the year, and the Rams definitely were hitting their stride in late in the year. And speaking of faltering late in the year, a lot of that goes on Cliff Kingsbury, who if you look at his tenure when we go back to Texas Tech, now when we're looking at his time with the Cardinals, he always ends the year. Like his record in the last like seven games is really poor. And for that reason, and also just a little bit of underwhelming I think there's a lack, like when you look back on, like the biggest accomplishment he has was his hot start, but they, this ro- this roster, after the start they had, was way too good to be bounced in the first round to me, and just not look competitive. I mean, losing by t- over 20 points, e- even if you have to go on the road, is still extremely disappointing to me. So for those reasons, I really do think Cliff Kingsbury should be hi- fired. I think there are better coaches in the NFL. Because they haven't moved on from him yet, while the coaching cycle's still hot, I don't think they'll fire Cliff, but I personally think they should. I think he's underwhelmed and it's time to move on, but it'll be interesting to see what they do. Now, let's get into these other blowouts real quick before we get into the last good game of Super Wildcard Weekend. First, we have the Buccaneers grounding the Eagles 31-15. to A lot of people saw this coming. I think what was most impressive to me about this game is it's just continuing just to get to watch Tom Brady do his thing. His ability to read a defense and just take what they give him. He's always great at finding the open guys. He's just his stu- He just studies and knows what he's going to do with the ball incredibly well. I think him and Brian Leftwich are absolutely in sync right now and it is extremely deadly for any team that has to play them is because they have to deal with Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich clicking on all cylinders. Brian Leftwich should absolutely be a head coach. I'll throw his name in there. Todd Bowles should be as well, but I think both those guys should be. It was great to see Gronk continue to do his thing for this Buccaneers team as well. And, man, it's just so much fun to watch guys like Devin White play football. He just flies around all over the field. Eagles really didn't have a chance in this one. They shouldn't have been in the playoffs. They were 0-7 versus playoff teams this year. So not a great team. Didn't deserve to be in it. One of the disadvantages of adding that extra team was that a team like this got in. I would have loved if it was like my Minnesota Vikings, who have played close games in every game this year, only got blown out when Kirk Cousins didn't play. But alas, you still got to win enough games to get in it and props to the Eagles to do that. And one of the reasons they won enough games was Jalen Hurts to me. I thought he had a good year. Yes, he threw nine interceptions still, but you see the development out of him. We're in a league where mobile quarterbacks are dominant right now. And this is a guy who rushed for 784 yards, still passed for 
3,114 yards and 16 touchdowns too. I absolutely think Hurts should continue to be the guy in Philly. Give him another year. Let him continue to develop. Yes, he missed some poor throws in the playoffs, but there is no quarterback better that is younger that you are going to be able to acquire right now. Unless you're going to swing for the fences and get Deshaun Watson, but we still don't even know how that legal trouble is going to wrap up. So I think they should absolutely stick with Jalen Hurts this offseason. And you know what? Credit to Nick Sirianni as well. A lot of jokes were made about his press conference, but guiding this team to the playoffs was extremely impressive, and he deserves a lot of credit for the coaching job he did. Now, Shifting to our next game, let's really quickly touch on the Chiefs bouncing the Steelers 42-21, to officially retiring Ben Roethlisberger, even though he hasn't officially announced it yet. We all know it was the end. Even he knows it was the end. The Steelers' offense looked like itself in this game. They could not move the ball at all early on. Drops by Deontay Johnson, lack of running game. This is a bottom five offensive line that Najee Harris was trapped behind and just a quarterback who is not mobile. And when you are a, we call older quarterback statues, there's the statues of today's games. I would say like, a Derek Carr and a Kirk Cousins are statues today. But guys who are still capable of running, Big Ben can't move to save his life. So it's time for them to move on and get a mobile QB. We knew that, but it was clearly evident in this game. I was impressed with the Steelers' defense early. I mean, Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, it's one of the best combinations of defensive linemen together in the National Football League, and both those guys balled out early, but in the end, that Chiefs offense is just too much. Mahomes was incredible, four touchdowns, they had over 500 yards of total offense, I believe, and just Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid, the job those guys do of drawing up and designing plays, I mean, the shovel pass to McKinnon, shout out to Jarek McKinnon, too, had a phenomenal game in this one, even the big, how about the fifth read of one of the plays was the extra offensive lineman who came in, it's just the fun wrinkles that those guys add that make it impossible, and got to keep defense coordinators up all night because trying to cover this and slow down this Chiefs team seemed impossible. You know what else was impossible as we shift to our next game was stopping Josh Allen on Saturday night. The Bills absolutely bullied the Patriots 47-17. And a huge part of that was another pair of coordinators that really shined. Brian Dayball and Leslie Frazier laid out a perfect thing to start their coaching resumes with as they try to become NFL head coaches. With the job they did game planning for one of the best in the business in Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels on each side of the ball. First, a lot of credit to Josh Allen, though. I mean, he was unreal in this game. And the Bills let him be. They were really letting him run the ball and be aggressive. And because of that, this whole offense benefited. Dawson Knox had a huge day. Stephon Diggs, of course, excelled. Gabriel Davis. This Bills team is deadly when Josh Allen is able to do his thing. And, man, he has a phenomenal arm, even connecting with Emmanuel Sanders on a touchdown. It's When Josh Allen's clicking like that, it's fun to watch. I've also thought the Bills' offensive line, which is a pretty good offensive line, but I feel like they should be better than they are, had a phenomenal game in this one and it really allowed the running game to get going even outside of Allen which was impressive also for looking at the other side of the ball yeah Mac looked like a rookie so this was going to be a very tough game for the Patriots and if you look at the first drive it looked like we were in for a really good game but then Micah Hyde makes an incredible interception you could argue that was the play of the postseason so far the way he tracked that ball beautifully then even the next drive it's third and three so it's like oh they're only down 14 nothing they could make it 7-7 here but then you get Mario Addison a guy who played in the Peyton Manning's last Super Bowl as a member of the Carolina Panthers Addison was able to track down a, I believe, I can't remember, it was Malcolm, nope, that's the wrong guy, I actually can't remember the running back it was, but just the job he did getting to the, beating the running back to the sideline was incredible and forced him to punt. Then the next drive, you get former Ute star Lutalele with a huge sack on Jones, and just like that, it was a 28-0 game, or maybe it was 28-3, but either way, just a unbelievable job 
by the Bills and what they did on both sides of the ball. They were locked, loaded, ready to go. And the Patriots are going to be fine in the long run. I believe this is a team that with Mac Jones under the center can win a Super Bowl. It was the first year with a lot of new pieces. They came on strong late in the year. Just met a buzzsaw in the Bills who were absolutely ready to beat their division rival. And a beatdown it absolutely was. Now, final game of Super Wildcard Weekend that I want to touch on was actually the first game, a really good one. But I wanted to get some of those blowouts out of the way. Of course, started with the Cowboys game because that was the headliner. So we have the Bengals barely beating the Raiders. This one was a lot of fun. Of course, Joe Burrow was incredible. He is in a year where after the knee injury last year, I really thought the Bengals were going to finish at the bottom as almost everyone did. I thought it would take Burrow a year because of how banged up he was. But he's been phenomenal all year and he's absolutely a top 10 quarterback in this league. And honestly, if he continues to have the types of performances he did on Saturday, he's going to make a case to be a top Five quarterback in this league. He had 244 yards, two touchdowns, and just the throws he makes. He reads the defense phenomenally. The one throw he had to CJ Uzma deep over the middle of the field was phenomenal. Just recognizing that the linebacker's head wasn't turned around. Even like the other one, the CJ uh, Tyler Boyd in the end zone. Yes, did the officials blow the play dead? Yes, they did, so it shouldn't have counted. But that did not affect the corner on that play. who was absolutely still trying to cover Boyd and just got beat as he cut back over. But the ability to Burrow to recognize that and make that throw, he is phenomenal. And can we put the rest officially that the Bengals made a mistake by drafting Jamar Chase over a Panay Sewell, let's say? And all the respect in the world to Panay Sewell. Him and Rashawn Slater had incredible years as left tackles. But when we're looking at Jamar Chase, just the connection he has with Joe Burrow is absolutely special. I mean, it's like relationship goals. I mean, every single time they're able to connect for a big game they just understand and know each other so well and it feels like chase just gets open every time and burrow hits him every time it's going to be the deadliest qb wide receiver punch in the league for a long time to come i really believe that when these guys hit their stride over time Another reason the Bengals were able to win this game was their offseason acquisitions played a huge role. From looking at a guy like Trey Hendricks, who really stepped up this year, had the franchise record for sacks. He had a huge strip sack in this game as well, which really helped turn things around. Larry Ogunjobu coming over from Cleveland has done a great job for them on the interior. And a guy coming over from the Cowboys, Chidobi Awuzue, did a great job outside on corner. Even backups like B.J. Hill was able to step up in this game on pass rushing situations and I think make an impact. So props to the Bengals this offseason. Zach Taylor, I thought for sure was going to be one of the first head coaches fired this year. Instead, he gets helps get the Bengals their first playoff win since the first time I'm I'm alive and I'm 21. So just an incredible run by the Bengals. But want to touch on the Raiders really quick here. I thought Josh Jacobs looked incredible in this game. 127 total yards made a huge impact as a receiver as well in the running game. And he's someone I always really liked coming out of Alabama for his toughness. And he was on full display in this game. Derek Carr was pretty good. He makes a number of really good throws, but in the end, he always just misses that one or two throws that I think will always hold him back from being one of the top 10 upper echelon quarterbacks in the National Football League. I think you can win with him, but he needs a little bit more help. He needs a true wide receiver one, which he does not have right now. He has a great tight end, and Darren Waller had a good game, but they weren't able to overcome things like the Zane Jones drop early on, which would have extended a drive for them. Of course, he got strip sacked. That wasn't on him, though. Poor offensive line play there. And even though one of the bad kick returns gave him horrible field position, put him in a hole down 10 nothing, where just those little changes could have made a big difference. But still a huge successful season for the Raiders. I think Rich Busaccia should absolutely return as their head coach, and I hope he gets the opportunity too. And I think they should still run it back with Derek Carr because there's not an upgrade available, but I just think he's one of those guys that, 
I don't know. I think things have to be nearly perfect around him in order for this team to make a deep run. But man, where the maybe the town on the field wasn't wasn't perfect. They have a lot. Of, they were able to run the ball well, of course. But I man, with everything, his leadership and an ability to lead with all the surrounding things going on, I thought that was extremely impressive. Also, you know, also is extremely impressive too. I'll say really quick, Max Crosby. He was fantastic all year. Yes, he only had eight sacks, but if you turn on the games and watch him, he is constantly in the backfield, getting pressure, disrupting plays. He was a great pick for them. He really made up for the Clell and Farrell pick, who just is very extremely under underwhelming in his time. They drafted Crosby. I believe he was either a day two or I honestly think he was a day three pick, and he has been lights out since coming over to Oakland. So, props to him and the Raiders just on pulling it together for an incredible season. Alrighty, that's going to do it for Super Wildcard Weekend. But now, of course, we got four more great games to talk about in Divisional Weekend. I'm going to predict the winner of those four games, and let's dive into it right now. First up, I have the Titans running through the banged-up Bengals. Derrick Henry is back and just in time as the would-have-been NFL rushing leaders. He had 900 yards when he got first. He was way ahead of everyone else. I still believe he finished, if not top 10, top 15, and didn't even get to play... Man, how many games did he miss? I mean, he was out before Thanksgiving. So it is also incredible that he's already back, but he's a freak in nature. We know that. And I think him and this Titans offensive line is going to take advantage of a depleted Bengals defensive line that's already missing Larry Ogunjobu, who I just talked about. It's been an impressive, impressive year. Mike Daniels is also not going to play. And while, as I mentioned, I like a guy like BJ Hill, he's a backup for a reason. And DJ Reader, while really good, I think is going to struggle with some of these Ben Jones, Roger Staffel double teams that are going to come his way on the interior on a lot of the zone plays that the Titans love to run. And I think Derrick Henry is just going to run Rupshaw. And I think Burrow will make it a little interesting, but the Titans' ability to run the ball and control the clock. And Ryan Tannehill will just make a couple of plays that will be enough to help the Titans topple the Bengals. Now, moving on, I got the Packers punching through the 49ers and making it into the conference championships. And the biggest reason is health again. The Packers on the positive side versus the Bengals' negative side. They are getting back David Bakhtiari, Jair Alexander, Zadarius Smith, Whitney Merciless. That is a phenomenal group of players that they've been without it for a lot of the years, and they've been good without them. Do I expect Bakhtiari to be at full health? No, I don't. But even at 85 90%, he's still better than almost all except for three left tackles in the NFL. I mean, Bakatari is that good and when healthy, the best left tackle. Jair Alexander last year was one of the best corners in the NFL. I think they were taking their time and saving him for this moment. He'll be ready to go. Also, Zadarius Smith has been one of the best free agent signings over the past few years. He came over, I believe it was two years ago from Baltimore, three years ago from Baltimore to the Packers, and he's been great there. And the emergence of Rashawn Gary has made it okay that he wasn't there, but he's, Rashawn Gary is no Zadarius Smith. And even a guy like Whitney Merciless, I mean, when you talk about those outside linebackers, so Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Zadarius Smith, Whitney Merciless, my gosh, they're going to be able to get after the quarterback, and that's going to be a great matchup to watch some of those guys go against Trent Williams. And starting at right tackle for the 49ers is going to be Tom Compton, who's been a huge disappointment in the league for a while, not one of the better guards, and they have to move him out to tackle. I think they're going to be able to get a lot of pressure out that side and force Jimmy to not have one of his best games. And they're not going to be able to run the ball like they were in the past, and a huge reason for that is the emergency the DeAndre, Devondre Campbell this year, who has been lights out as a free agent signing for them, a first-team All-Pro player, and I think he's really going to help slow down the 49ers' rushing attack, and I do think the Packers beat the 49ers in this one. Moving on, we have the Chiefs winning in a thriller over the Bills. I, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I do. I just think that 
Patrick Mahomes is a little bit better than Josh Allen, and I trust him a little bit more. And that's going to be the difference. This is going to be a back-and-forth game. I hope this is a game we talk about for generations. Like, wow, those that was a battle right there between the two quarterbacks who were 1-2 and two in the league for a long time to come. And I think it's got the making of that to be. But like I said, I just trust Mahomes a little bit more. He's been to the stage. He's made the big throws. Josh Allen, he's great. I mean, I think you can easily make a case that he's the – you could argue second best quarterback. I'd probably say third or fourth, but he's great. He was unbelievable last week, the best quarterback performance of the postseason so far. But in the end, I just think he's good. I'm worried about him making that one mistake. He, in the past, he's always made that one mistake when he tries to do a little bit too much. I just think there will be a point the Chiefs maybe get a 10-point lead, and he tries to force a ball, and it ends up getting picked off. And because of that, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I also trust their receivers and their revamped offensive line more. They got their offensive line for games like this, where a Buffalo defensive line that has improved this year, I think is really going to struggle to get after Mahomes because of guys like Orlando Brown, Joe Thune, Creed Humphrey, and Trey Turner all stepping up to have big games and keeping Mahomes protected. And for those reasons, I do have the Chiefs winning, but I expect this to be the best game of the weekend. But I expect the most surprising outcome of the weekend to be the Rams shocking the defending champs Super Bowl Tom Brady, Buccaneers, I think the Rams are going to win this one. And I think the biggest reason is because of that Tampa Bay banged-up offensive line. They have a couple guys, Ryan Jensen, Donovan Smith, both were not 100% sure if they're going to play. And even if they do, I don't think they'll be like themselves. And they're really going to struggle with LA's updated fearsome foursome. Yes, the OG fearsome foursome featured Merlin Olsen, Deacon Jones, both guys Hall of Fame great players. And Lamar Lundy and Rosie Greer were no slouches either. But this new version with Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, Leonard Floyd, and even the hustle guy and Greg Gaines, who he doesn't deserve to be mentioned with all those other all-time great players. Greg Gaines is someone who just knows his role and is capable of winning one-on-one, and he gets a ton of one-on-one opportunities because, number one, you have Aaron Donald on the inside, and you have Vaughn Miller on the outside. Donald, what else is there to say about him? He's, I think he's the greatest player in the NFL. I've thought that for the past few years. His quickness from the defensive tackle spot is unmatched dominant in the run and pass game. Von Miller is finally hitting his stride at the right time for this Rams team that's desperately needed him to do so. And he looked deadly last week in Arizona, and I expect him to be breathing down Tom Brady's neck a lot in this game. And Leonard Floyd is one of the best, most versatile defensive chess pieces in the NFL. I think he's capable of dropping back in coverage, capable of spying. I should say, you don't need him to spy Tom Brady in this game, but I think he's going he's gonna to do a very good job getting some pressure as well. And yeah, I just really think when you factor in Jalen Ramsey, I think he'll do a good job on Mike Evans. And Eric Weddle's a smart player. He may not be the most athletic, but, I mean, hey, we've seen Tom Brady be able to affect the game. He's not the most athletic. I think Weddle's going to make some smart plays that make it tough on Brady as well. So I really think the Rams' defense is going to dominate in this game. I do think Stafford might have one, maybe two picks. But in the end, I, I just think the Rams are going to be able to overcome it because I think they're really going to force Brady into a bad game. The playoff games that Brady's lost, it's been because teams are able to get pressure on him, and that's going to be the case on Sunday. But, man, I hope it's a great game, as I hope the rest of these are great games, and hopefully they are, and we will all be in for a treat this weekend then. That's going to do it for this edition of the From the Stands podcast. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Signing off.